We spent a few classes on the Pasuk Shomer Israel. What does it mean that Hashem is Shomer? He watches Israel. We spoke already a number of times about the world being created for the opportunity of a nation that would live life and elevate themselves to become a true Tselem Elohim, a true image of Hashem. Such a nation that would choose to become that will be able to fulfill the Torah. We went through the different, we said, Derech Eretz Kadmala Torah, before you could actually fulfill and live a life of Torah, a life of Kiddushah, there has to be a prerequisite, which is Midot Tovot, good character, but good character on a very high level, like we mentioned in the last class, that Rambam expects us to forgive with all of our heart. And we saw how that's a unique koah of Am Yisrael, that they're able to do things that perhaps would be impossible for others to do. That's what we've been discussing. And we discussed how the world, when the world was created, everybody had a choice. Everybody was able to become that person or that nation. There was no uh, givens to anybody. It was, a, it was a free choice that began from the world's creation. And for many generations, there wasn't, there were some great individuals but none that continued in their lineage. Then we had the Mabul, right? That's what the Torah tells us is history in the Torah, to tell us how, if, if, you, if you look in the Torah, you'll see, the first thing that's mentioned is Shamaim. How big is Shamaim? Endless. One word. Next. Shamaim is not important. What's the next thing? The Aretz, the earth. And then the rest of the Torah discusses things in the earth. Then the Torah discusses Adam and all the different nations. Each one, all the children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, discusses all of them, points out some great individuals in history. And then came the Mabul and destroyed the world. Basically, the purpose of why the world was created was not happening. So much so that it needed a new start, a restart. Sometimes things are so messed up that you just can't work with what you have. You have to have a restart. There was a restart again. The restart came from Noah. Meaning the purpose of creation would have to come through Noah and his children. And he had three. Noah had three children. From these three, or their children or grandchildren, again, there was this opportunity to either live, thank you, thank you, to either live a life of, we'll call it a lower level life of spirituality, seven mitzvot, very basic, or there would be someone who would choose to live a life of gadlut, of, uh, of godliness. One of the stories the Torah mentions, let's just show you how the Torah navigated in Bereshit to give us this whole, I'm not making this up, this is all in the Torah. It tells us first about Adam and all the children and what happened and boom, boom, from place to place, then the Mabul came. And then we see by his children, Torah points out a very important story. He is one of the turning points in history. Now you have to know, when the Torah tells us a story about someone's actions, so it's not just a one-time incident. It's telling you a story about the kind of person that they were. If someone didn't made a mistake once by accident, Torah is not going to tell us that story. For example, when the, how many stories do we have in the Torah about the chesed, the kindness of Abraham Avinu? 
We have one story. But that one story isn't to tell us he did that once. That story is a representation of who Abraham Avinu was. He was Ish Ahesed. Torah doesn't tell us a hundred stories. We have the rule. Torah is, is a book of chokhmah, of wisdom. It doesn't have to repeat itself after it gave you a message. So when it gave you a story about Abraham, that's Abraham. When it spoke about Rivka, that's Rivka. Follow? So when you hear a story in the Torah about someone, whether it's a great story or a terrible story, it's coming to define the person or the people discussed in that story. It's very important to know that. So here, Torah tells us one of the most pivotal stories in the history of mankind. Again, we have the Mabul, we have a restart. There's Noah and his three kids. What would happen? Who would elevate themselves to become a godly nation? Maybe they all would. Maybe none of them will. What happened? Torah tells us a very famous story. I mentioned this story on Shabbat, but I'll go over it with you in a little bit more detail. The Pasuk says that after Noah left the Teva sometime later, doesn't say exactly when, the Pasuk says that Noah, when he left the Teva, again, exactly when doesn't say, but it says, Vayesht minayayin, he already planted, Asuk says, Vayahel Noah isha adama, Torah calls Noah the man of the earth. That's not a very high description of somebody. Moshe Rabbeinu was ish ha-Elohim, he was a godly man. Isha Adama doesn't mean he's a bad person, but it means he's a earthly person. He's a physical person. Noah became Ish Adama. Why did he become Ish Adama? What did he do? Pasuk says he began planting to the new world. He needs food and he needs to eat. What's the first thing he planted? He planted a vineyard. Now, a vineyard is important. It produces grapes, grape juice, wine. We make kiddush on wine. A vineyard isn't a bad thing. But that the, the Torah is saying, it's not that he planted the vineyard. He became ish adama. He became this low-level person or showed he was ish adama because the first thing he did was to plant a vineyard. That was a problem. In life, priorities define the person. It's not so much that he planted a vineyard. That's not the problem. But that's the first thing you do. Imagine a, a guy is moving into his house for the first time. He just got married. Just got married. He's going shopping for food to fill up the house for the first time. He never did that before. He never imagined how build how big the bill could be. He goes with a few shopping carts, him and his wife, and they're going to fill up all the needs. They have an empty house. And the first thing is, he runs to the alcohol section. Right? The, so the first cart is full with alcohol. Now, if I was his wife, I would be pretty, pretty scared of that. Now, it could be along the way, you'll put an alcohol bottle in there. Or buy some wine. It's okay. But the first thing, you're shopping in an empty home. The first thing you do is buy alcohol. That shows your mind is not in a good place. That's what happened by Noah. Noah is going to prepare the world, food, and all the needs. The first thing he starts with is wine. That's why he became Ish Adama. And what happened? He drank from the wine. And he got drunk. It was good wine. Vayitgal betoch aholo. 
so good was the wine that he completely lost himself. And he was laying in his tent, exposed, undressed, without even realizing what's going on. So he had three children, Shem, Ham, and Yefet. Pasuk says, Vayar Ham. So first thing, right away you see from the Pasuk, it's telling you that Noah was knocked out of the race. Meaning, Noah did not live up to his ability or what he could have chosen to be a godly person. He became Ish Adama next. That's the way it works. Each one has a choice. He doesn't take the opportunity. You move on. Now what happened to his children? So it says over here that Ham was the father of Canaan. He saw, it says, he saw his father exposed. Hazal tell us he didn't just see. He did a terrible thing. He said he made a hajbon. Right now, imagine how much property he owned. His father, Noah, is basically owns the world. Nice. To own the world is a pretty nice uh, portfolio. He owned everything. Every mountain, every piece of real estate belonged to Noah. And Noah, when he dies, he's going to have Yerusha. The Yerusha is going to be split into three. That means Ham would have a third of the world, which in our standards, that would be enough, plenty. But everybody thinks that way until they're in that position. So now Ham is thinking, hold on. If my father has more children, then I'm going to have to split my portion, maybe... I'll only get a quarter. Maybe if he has two children, I'll get even less. Maybe if he has ten children, I'll get only a tenth. A tenth of the world. So what did he do? Ham had a tremendous uh, desire for money. Not different than any of us. But he acted based on that in the most terrible, horrible, disgusting way. He went over to his father and he made sure he sterilized his father. They would have no children. This way he guaranteed that he would be a Yoresh with only his two brothers. Guaranteed he would get at least a third of the world. He wanted to guarantee that. Sounds crazy to do something like that. Unfortunately, you see when people fight about uh, Yerusha, about inheritance, sometimes they get very low. Brothers and sisters can get extremely low in this area. It's a horrible, horrible situation to watch. So Ham is their role model, those people. Ham went so far as to guarantee that his father will never have another child. And that's what he did. Not only did he do that, he went ahead now, if you're the only brother that saw your father in the most embarrassing situation, if it was me and you, hopefully what you would do is you would take a blanket and you'd cover him and you never talk about it again. Something embarrassing happened to your father. You're going to go call the New York Times and report it on the front pages? Not nice. In those days, the only people in the world were him and his brothers. So if you saw something that was not so nice, what you would think should happen is take a blanket, you cover him, and you never talk about it again. It's over. What does Ham do? Not only does he do the act I mentioned before, which was horrible, Torah says, Torah says the outside. Why is Torah point the outside? And they didn't know. They had no idea. There's no reason for them to know. They were outside the tent. But what does Ham do? Careless, no respect. Where's the Midot? Where's the Derech Eretz? Where's the human side of Ham? He goes outside to tell his brothers about it. their father that's sitting down, doesn't even bother to cover him. 
and doesn't bother to keep it inside, he goes and he shares it and he embarrasses his father to his brothers. It's terrible. That's the way Ham reacted to this situation. The Torah continues and says, Vayikah Shem Vayefet Et Asimla Shem and Yefet they took clothing. Vayasimu al Shechem Shenehem they put it on their backs. Vayelechu Ahoranit and they walked backwards. So they shouldn't see their father. And they covered their father. Meaning even as they got there, they did not turn. They covered their father with the most dignity they can give him in that situation. They didn't see their father in that way. Unbelievable. Now, Ham really messed up. But remember what I told you before. If the Torah tells you a story about Ham, it's not telling you, oh, by the way, Ham did this once. This is Ham. This is who Ham is. He has an animal side to him. He has a, 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 um, a, a lack of, I don't know if, if the lack of character is the right word. It's, it's even less than that. That's not even decent, right? His own father. Shem and Yefet, different story. They acted with Derech Eretz. They acted the right way. But not really Yefet like Shem. Notice the Pasuk says, Vayikah Shem Vayefet. Shem is mentioned first. And not only is he mentioned first, instead of saying Vayikhu, Instead of saying, and they took the clothing, I should say, they, Shem and Yefet, are two people. That's plural. In plural, you say, Vayikhu, and they took. But the Pasuk says, Vayikah. Oh, look at, look at Rashi, Allah, Shalom. It says, and he took, Vayikah Shem, and Shem took, Vayefet, and Yefet. Why does it say it like that? Says Rashi Allah Shalom and Keti Vayikhu. Doesn't say they took. Ela Vayikah. He took. Limed al Shem. It's teaching us about Shem. Shenit Amet Bemitzvah. He was more strong about this mitzvah. More than Yefet, which means that Shem was in the lead. Shet, Shem took responsibility and he did it with all the koah. What does that mean, all the koah? It means he thought about every possibility and did it the best way. Yefet was more decent than Ham, but not to the level of Shem. He was following Shem in what Shem was thinking to do it the right way, which means whatever you see here was thought about thought through and through by Shem. And Yefet followed Shem. Fine, that's the story. Pasuk says that when, when, when Noah woke up and he realized what his son did to him, by Yomer, and he says, Arur Kenan. Kenan, referring to his son Ham, who is the father of Kenan. Arur. He is cursed. He's not cursing him. He's saying he's cursed. His attitude shows that he is a person who is arur. Aved avadim Aved avadim. He will therefore be a slave of slaves to his brothers. This is really a beracha faham. It's really a blessing for him. Because if a person who doesn't have the ability to live life decently on his own, if you give him free choice, he'll go rob and steal and murder 
and do all terrible things. So for that person, it would be much better if he was under the auspices, under the control of someone who has more decency. It was a blessing to Ham that he would become a slave to somebody who would control him. The same way if you would let your three-year-old roam the streets, it would not be good for them. God forbid they could get hurt. They will get hurt. Without a question. They need someone to watch them, someone to control them. So too a human who is older but doesn't have the proper life ability to live life properly, it's good for them to be a slave to somebody else who can control them. That's why Noah says, based on the way you are, you need to be a slave, you need to be under the control of others. You can't live life making your own decisions. They have his brothers. Yeah, yes. So slavery in the Torah is not what we think. Or not supposed to be what we, it's not supposed to be that way. Slavery is meant, not God forbid, that the master should hurt his slave, should put him in pain. The opposite. Supposed to take you like his father. You have to take care of him. Yes, he works for you, but you need to take care of him. Now, Vayomer, and then Noah says, Baruch Adonai Eloheshem. He says, Blessed is Hashem, who is the God of Shem, which means that Shem acted in a godly manner. Shem obviously was a spiritual person. So much so that when his action was done, it was clear that he was acting as a godly person, emulating his creator. That's why Noah gets excited and he sees Hashem in Shem. That is one of the ways you could see an image of God. Is It's a reflection of God. A Jew who lives according to the proper principles of the Torah, you could see God through him. That's what Noah did. Noah blessed Hashem, who was the God of Shem. And Canaan will be his Eved. And then he says, What about Yefet? He did a good job. It says, Hashem will do beautiful things for Yefet. He'll give him a lot of olam azeh, a lot of worldly beautiful things, architecture, cities, all beautiful things. That's Yefet. Yefet got something good. But the Shekhinah could only reside with Shem and his children. So here's a story, here's an example of how the Torah is going from one to the other, one to the other, to find who will be the one that will choose to become this godly nation. Ham out, Yefet out. So from now on, the Torah spends time talking about Shem. The rest of the Torah talks about Shem. Who from Shem's children, Semite, Shem is a Semite, who from Shem's children will choose all the way to get to Abraham Avinu? We spend a little time talking about Yishmael, a little about Yitzhak, and then Yishmael go, goes off, then it's about Yitzhak. Then Isab spends a little time about Isab, and then the rest of the Torah, the rest of the Torah talks only about one nation, and that is Am Yisrael, because that is the purpose of the creation. Am Yisrael chose it. Now I want to tell you, there are a few things that are misleading in the world that we live in. For example, in the Declaration of Independence, it says that all men are created equal. Now that is not true. Not, that's a, just a, it's not a, it's sheker. It's, a, it's not a correct statement. Definitely, definitely, definitely 
people are equal in certain things. We all sleep. We all eat. We all drink. We all have health issues that we must take care of. Right? We have many similarities. Like Exactly. We, we love, we hate, we get jealous, we get satisfied. There's pleasures that we all enjoy. So clearly humanity, all men, have many things about them that are equal. But for sure we're not all equal. People have different heights. Different have different brain power. People have different temperament. People have different... Um, uh, uh, talents, different abilities. All men are not created equal. That Again, I don't know what they meant by that declaration. Maybe they meant to say they should be treated with respect. Maybe that's all they meant. But the, but the, but the, but the actual statement is misleading that you should look at every person that they are the same. We're not all equal. That is not true. Now, Another mistake that people make is that being superior in something is not an evil. Is being superior, is superiority an evil? If I say this person is better, he's superior in something, does that make that person evil? Does knowing that you're superior in something make you an evil person? In the world we live in, sometimes if a person says, I'm superior, people may view that as, oh, wow, guy's biased. He's prejudiced. But superiority is not an evil. For example, there are people, for, there are doctors who are superior in their knowledge of medicine. There are heart surgeons that are superior, pharmacists are superior. Athletes, they are superior athletes that have greater ability. You could be superior in music. You could be superior in playing an instrument. There's nothing wrong with a guy who knows he's great at piano to say, I am superior in piano. In fact, they give him a medal. They say in the competition, you're the winner. You are superior. There's nothing wrong with a heart surgeon knowing that he is a superior heart surgeon. The opposite, if he doesn't know he's a heart surgeon, he is maybe going to hurt others by not helping them because he doesn't know he's a heart surgeon. There's nothing wrong with superiority unless... When is superiority a problem? Anyone can tell me? When you were... Oh, oh. Superiority, being superior or feeling the superiorness, right, becomes an evil when, when you start to first take credit for it instead of giving the creator credit for giving you that beautiful talent or whatever you have, and you become arrogant, and then worse, you use it to hurt others. That becomes evil. So superiority in itself is not evil. That it actually is something that we must be aware of so that we can live up to our purpose. If Hashem gave you, if God gave you something special about you, it's because you need to use it. So of course you have to know about it. If you're good at something, you should know about it. This way you can make you can make use of whatever God gave you. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't ever think again, we live in a world that's very foggy. People say whatever they want, they just talk nonsense. Feeling superior in any area in life doesn't make you evil. It makes you actually it makes you intelligent, it makes you wise, and you realize what you're supposed to do and you help the world with what you have. If it's music, you inspire people. If it's brains, you give them wisdom. Whatever God gave you. When it becomes evil is when you start misusing it. 
You misuse your power. You misuse your brains. You misuse your talent to hurt people, to step on people, to belittle people. That is a terrible evil. But being and feeling superior in one area is not an evil. In fact, you have nations. There are many nations that each nation has their own strength in certain areas. Some nations are excellent in medicine. Some nations are excellent in music. Some nations are excellent in athletics. There is something unique about a nation. Again, not a superiority evil. It's just reality. Am Yisrael is superior. Yes, we are superior in one area. We are superior in our ability to live a life of Kedusha, a life of holiness, a life of godliness. In that, we are superior. We are more capable of living a godly life than any other nation. That is not an evil. That is a reality. Again, does that mean automatically we're going to be godly people? No. Just like a guy who has the ability to play piano, if he never plays and never practices and never puts his heart into it, he's not going to play piano. But he was given that ability. Am Yisrael has a superiority called godliness to live a life that would be an image of God in the highest level. That is our superiority. It doesn't mean it's automatic. You have to work for it. But that is the expectation of every single Jew. As far as Goim are concerned, like we said before, they don't need to become what we have. They can be living a life with purpose and Olam just not going to reach the level of Selim Elohim. Now, a Goy wants, there's no reason to feel that we're superior above you. You want to be Jewish. You also want to live a life of godliness. So then you can convert. You could come and you could do the same thing. Oh, this is not an exclusive club that we only allow people of our own and let everybody out. We were given through our father's choices, the DNA of this superiority of godliness, and that is the expectation from every Jew. Everybody else doesn't have to live up to that expectation, but if they want, if they really want it, they could do it. Fadda Ali, come in, we welcome you. And you make the person have the same, if, the, if he so wants, get to the same place. This is the story of Am Yisrael. And that is why Hashem is Shomer Yisrael. The reason why Hashem is Shomer Yisrael is because the purpose of the creation was for a nation that we become godly. And therefore, just like when you build a building and you have your tenant that's going to take that building, everything you do in that building, small and large, you're having in mind that tenant. You're making sure that it's going to serve that tenant. Because that's the purpose of the building. Everything else is a side point. The main purpose of the building is the tenant that's going to come in and pay you the rent. So when you build the building, and when you run the building, and when you fix the building, you're always thinking about that goal and that purpose. So too this world. This world has a goal. The goal is godliness. And Am Yisrael is the one that chose that. And therefore, the Gemara says, let me read you a Gemara. Amar Rabbi El-Azhar. Says Rabbi El-Azhar. En pur'anut ba'la'olam. If you see pur'anut. What's pur'anut? Troubles. If you see troubles that happen somewhere in the world. Who knows, a hurricane, a tornado, an earthquake, a war. If you see troubles in the world, Ba'olam, 
It's only coming Bishvil Yisrael. It's only coming for Am Yisrael. There is an earthquake somewhere in China. There's no Jews in China. When they blame us for everything, they're right. There you go. It's amazing. The Jews are blamed for everything. But that's a Gemara. Masechet Yivamot. The Gemara says, Says Rashi, why? What does what, what Israel gain if there's a tornado or something? Says Rashi, So that they get the message that it can make Teshuvah. It's a wake-up call. There's a famous story about the Hafez Hayim. Someone came to get a Berachah from the Hafez Hayim in Europe. And this fellow is coming from China. So he came to the Hafez Haim and he asked him for a bracha. Hafez asked him, where are you from? He said, I'm from China. I don't know if he lived there. He was there for a while. The Hafez Haim says, well, tell me what's going on in China. What's happening over there? Is everything okay in China? Everything going well there? The ra- so the rabbi is taking an interest in what's going on in China. He says, yeah, you know, the, there was a terrible uh, thing that happened. People died, whatever it is. Says the Hafez Hayim, he took it like, like his grandpa passed away. He took it very hard. The men didn't understand. What does the Hafez Hayim have to do with China? Why is he taking it so hard that something bad happened in China? Why is he taking it so personal? So he asked the Hafez Hayim. He told him, what's, uh, what's with you in China? What do you have to do with China? He said, let me explain something to you. He told, let's say a guy gets up, we'll give it in our own terminology. Let's say today, a man gets on a stage in the middle of Times Square. There are millions of people walking the streets, millions of people in the buildings. He gets on the microphone and he starts talking in Hebrew. Okay? Who is he talking to? He's talking to those who understand Hebrew. But there's 10 million people there. You're right. But he's not talking to them. Because if he was talking to them, he would speak a language they would understand. So he says, who understands the language of the Creator that when something happens in the world, it's a message to wake you up. It's a message to say, hey, What's this world all about? Why am I here? I'm not doing my job. Who is the one that can understand the message of Puranut? The message of difficult events that take place. That is only a message that Av Yisrael could understand. So if something is happening in China, has to do with us. I don't think we live our life that way. But that's the way we're supposed to live our life. We're supposed to live our life that when we hear something, it's a message to Am Yisrael. The Gemara says, Afilu sefinot, even ships, habaot, they're coming from France to Spain. They get blessed because of Israel. In those days, there were no Jews living in France or in Spain, very far from where Am Yisrael was. They were in Babel. But they're telling you that what goes on in the world, this world is like a big building. And there is a tenant, the most important purpose is the tenant that's supposed to be godly. So therefore, whatever goes on in the world, somehow has to do with Am Yisrael. Somehow, everything that's going on is either a message, it's either going to help them, it's either going to wake them up, it's either preparing something for them. Now, if I spoke about this and we didn't know what's going on in the world in the last 40, 50 years. You never saw current events. You'd say, come on, this sounds crazy. But the truth is you live in the world today. And you see, that's where the news is at. Am Yisrael. Everything in the world has to do with Am Yisrael. Every, everybody and their sister has an opinion about Am Yisrael. They are anti-Semitic nations that never met a Jew. Is that a miracle? 
It's a, it's, it's a miracle. Is it possible to hate someone you never met? There are nations that never met a Jew, never saw a Jew, have no Jew within radius of their country. And they have an opinion. It's an unbelievable thing. Am Yisrael is in the thick of everything, always. And even when you think it's not connected, it's connected. That's what the Gemara says. In fact, in fact, there's a beracha that we say every day in the Amidah. We say, Refa'enu, Hashem, give us refuah, give us uh, uh, healing, heal us. How do we end the beracha? Baruch ata Hashem, Rofe, you Hashem, Rofe, you are the one who sends healing, you heal, Hole, the sick of Amo Yisrael. You heal the sick of the Jewish people. And they ask, what do you mean Hashem only heals Jewish patients? Hashem doesn't heal Goy patients? What, why are we saying, Yisrael. The opposite, we pray for the good of the people. We want good on the world. And here we're describing what Hashem does. You, Hashem, you're the healer of the Jewish people. There is a beautiful, beautiful nekuda by the stifle, but you have to really understand it. I mean, in the context that we're learning, I think we will understand it. The stifle brings a midrash. Again, for people who never really understood the sugya, the subject here, they're going to be shocked. They're not going to get it. But as you start thinking and understanding, you see how it fits in like a puzzle. The Midrash says, very interesting Midrash, that Umot Olam, the nations of the world, were not fit for Mahalot. No need for sickness for the nations of the world. Listening? The nations of the world don't need sickness. Who needs Mahala? I'm Israel. Because Am Yisrael needs to wake up. Am Yisrael has a higher purpose. And when they're not living up to their purpose, just like we saw, don't be shocked, we saw in the Torah. What happens to a guy who speaks Lashonara? If we lived, if we lived in Eretz Yisrael with a Beta Migdash, there would be a guy would get leprosy. Why do you get leprosy? To tell him, sir. You're messing up. You're Tamir. Get out of here. Go outside our camp. You can't be here. That's when Am Yisrael was on a high level that even the smallest words could affect their, 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 their skin. Bottom line, says the Midrash, the only people who need Mahala is Am Yisrael. Because this way, they can take notice. They will realize how to read the message like we often see, by the way, we do often see that when Am Yisrael gets hit with something, people start to wake up and they make Teshuvah. So therefore, Mahalot says the Midrash. It's a Midrash Rabbah. Parashat Vayeshev Yaakov. This week's Parashat. Says the Midrash, Mahalot. It's unbelievable. You would never think. You know, nations usually, when they're writing their books about their nation, they only write the nice things. They write how beautiful their nation is how perfect their history was, how everything, how the world owes them everything. You imagine this. The Midrash comes and says, the, na- the sickness in the world really is only for Am Yisrael. It's not for the nations of the world. Because only Am Yisrael is able to, to interpret those mahalot into something positive. Oh. Oh. So therefore, so says the Midrash, so why does the entire world also get mahala if it's only for Am Yisrael? Says the Midrash, Meaning it will be a Hilul Hashem. People will see only sickness in Am Yisrael. It will create a Hilul Hashem. This is the nation of Hashem. They're the only ones that get sick. Nobody else gets sick. It would be a terrible... Visually, it would be a terrible way 
to represent the creator of the world, if only Am Yisrael would get sick. So therefore, everyone gets also sick because of Am Yisrael. A crazy midrash. That, that the whole sickness in the world is only because of Am Yisrael. Because if it was only for Am Yisrael, it would be Hilu Hashem. So therefore, we have to share with everybody else. Imagine this thing. Oh, says, says the stipler. Says the stipler. Now we understand the Beracha. He says, why is there holim in the world? Why are there sick people in the world? Only because of sick people in Am Yisrael. So if Hashem would heal Am Yisrael, there'd be no sick people automatically. Because we're the cause. We take responsibility. We're supposed to take responsibility. If something in the world goes wrong, a Jew is supposed to say, what did I do? Again, we misunderstand it. We say the world is blaming us. They always blame us for all their problems. And comes the Gemara and says, they're right. They're right. We are the cause. We are the reason why tragedy happens in the world. We, the world will be a better place when Am Yisrael lives like Am Yisrael. If Am Yisrael will live the way we're supposed to, if we live according to our purpose, if we elevate ourselves, then the world would be a happier place. There would be less problems. There would be less sickness. There would be less wars. There would be less earthquakes. It is a, is a fact. That's what Hazal is telling you. A Jew is supposed to take responsibility. If he sees tragedy around the world, he needs to look at himself and say, what can I do to prevent that? What am I not doing right in my life? Why am I living the way I am and not elevating myself? Look what's happening. It's an unbelievable thing. Who would have thought? But this is, this is the hashkafa of Jewish people. Yes, we are superior in our mission. Yes, we are. But we must take that responsibility and to elevate our lives. And it makes a difference, not only in our lives, it makes a difference in the lives of the world around us. When things go wrong, it must be that we're not doing our job. It must be that we're not living up to our responsibility. Our responsibility is not to be above others. Our responsibility is to be a light for others, to be an example for others, to bring goodness to the world, to bring kindness to the world, to bring everything good to the world. That's our responsibility. And because we're supposed to bring all good to the world, when the world has things that aren't good, it's also our responsibility. We must look at ourselves that way, that the world and its reality and its future and where it's headed is dependent on our people. We are going to make it or break it. And this is the language that Am Yisrael understood for many, many years to come. I will just end off with this. I will just end off. Again, by the way, just to show you how much love and respect Am Yisrael has for the Goyim. Pasuk says in Melachim, when they built the belt, when they built the Beit Hamikdash, the holy temple of Am Yisrael. What is it for? For Am Yisrael to come and bring korbanot? Says the pasuk, Vegam elan nochri. And even the Goy, that's not part of Am Yisrael. And he comes from a far land in order to see you, to serve you, to get close to you. He says, Shlomo HaMelech prays that his tefillah, this Goy's tefillah in the Beit not only do we let him in, we pray that his tefillah should be accepted. Try to go to one of these other places with a different religion and say, no, I'm, I'm this, I want to come and pray here. Say, what are you doing here? It's not your place. Am Yisrael says to the, to the, to the, to the goy, Fadal, come in. Ki beti Hashem says, my home is a home of prayer for all the nations. Anybody who wants to come and pray, they're welcome to pray. It's not an exclusive club. 
This is a club of responsibility. It's like when doctors are sitting around. Ima imagine not doctors. I'll give you a better example. Right now in Israel, a terrible tragedy happened on October 7th. Who's sitting around and taking responsibility? There's 8 million people there. You think they're all sitting down and taking responsibility for what happened on October 7th? No. Who's taking responsibility? Four or five people, six, seven, eight, ten people, a dozen people are sitting around the room saying, what did we do? What happened? How did we let that happen? So a tragedy that caused catastrophe to the entire nation was the responsibility of a few people who didn't do their job. And they need to take responsibility. This is Am Yisrael in the world. We are supposed to be the soldiers of the world. We're supposed to be the light of the world. We're supposed to be the savior of the world. We're supposed to be the example of the world. When something goes wrong in the world, you know what happens to us? We say, what did we do wrong? Why is this world going the way it's going? Something is not right with our people. It's our responsibility. It's a very big responsibility. It may not be things, by the way, these are things that maybe you never learned. Maybe you never heard before. I'm not telling you anything hard. I'm telling you simple things that are written in the Torah, in the Nevi'im, in the Midrashim. It's very, very simple. We, Am Yisrael, have a job to be the light of the nations. We must lead them into a greater spiritual entity. And when we're not doing our job, things go wrong. This is the way a Jew, an authentic Jew thinks. He even, like the Hafez Haim says, something is wrong in China, something wrong with Am Yisrael. We have to figure out how to elevate our people. We're doing something wrong. We take the responsibility because we have the responsibility. We have the responsibility because we have the superiority. We have that mission of being the Selem Elohim that Hashem created us for. That's why it says, that's why it says, Hine lo yanum velo yishan Shomer Yisrael. Shomer Yisrael. Hashem says, I am Shomer Yisrael. Of course I'm Shomer the world. I, of course I watch the world. Of course I do. But I watch the world with an eye towards Israel. I see how Israel is doing. And based on that, I am Shomer the world because of them. And if I'm not Shomer the world, it's because there's something wrong with Am Israel. Hine lo yanum velo yishan Shomer Israel. 